Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. she walks by, the men folks stand in rows. Can't help it. Before I forget, good afternoon. Hi, good morning. Sri Lanka, you let us down. <laughs> what? We're all the way down to 244 oh, on the, oh, the Sri Lankan oh, true crime oh, charts. Oh, 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 oh. That's very funny. funny. Anyway, that's what you want. You wanted to talk about something near and dear to your oh, heart. Okay, the, so uh, so this is what brought this about, and I kind of forgot about it. And I want to because you know it's that's all about me. <laughs> so um, there's a comedian. His name is Steve Hofstetter or Hofstetter or something like that, mm-hmm. and he's known on YouTube as being a heckler destroyer. And, you know, drunk people, drunk people saying stuff during his bits and stuff. And he's really just like, he can close them down. And it's just really funny. I can get drunk and be in a public place and I'm a little loud, but I'm not trying. You're not heckling. I'm not bothering. I'm I'm not trying to bother other (laughs) people. You're watching that Dame Edna guy down in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) What do you call you? um, Carol Channing. Carol Channing. Because I'm in classes. Carol Channing over there. You can hear you laughing. I was laughing. Is that you, Carol Channing, laughing? And then I go up to tip him, and he's like, yeah, 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 whatever. It was very funny. Anyway. Yeah, and you gave him like 20 bucks. Uh, well, because he was really good, but it was just funny. So, uh, bathrooms. And in, in one of the ones I just recently saw, he's doing a bit, and somehow or another, there's a joke about bathrooms, or like, and I'm not going to get into any of that. Right. But the point is, is this dude who was drunk off his ass is getting pissy. You want men to be in the bathroom with little girls? Listen, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of my knowledge, mm-hmm. it's never, it's not transgendered people who are trying to touch little kids. That's all I'm trying to I'm not okay. going to get into it, but that's my personal understanding of the situation. Right. And these people who are going to be so diehard about it. And so this guy turns out to be hammered. And he can't shut his mouth. He yeah. cannot shut his mouth. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying, "Men, oh, you dudes in the bathroom with little girls, dudes in the bathroom. And that made me remember, remember this. In Georgetown, in Washington, D.C., there is a Whole Foods mm-hmm. on uh, Wisconsin Avenue. Yep. And they've been re- it's been recently been remodeled, remodeled yeah. and refashioned. And now it's kind of like a, uh, it's almost like a mini- Whole Foods, it's more for prepared foods and stuff like that. They don't have the full grocery store experience that the other stores are. It's more like come in, get your fast food, and get out. That's kind of the way it's set up. In the place to expand the space, they took out the men's room and the women's room, and now it's just one shared bathroom unisex bathroom but it locks right it, oh oh yes 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 it is a beautiful bathroom it has a the door to go into the it has a glass thing on it it's frosted and it says in big words unisex bathroom and you open the door and there's you know four sinks or whatever it's beautiful it's beautiful green color it's and each stall is a private closed room with a wooden hard door that closes and locks on the inside. And I absolutely hate it. And I don't hate it because of sharing the bathroom. I have absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. I don't care what you are. As long as you're not trying to bother me while I'm trying to go to the bathroom, we don't have a problem. However, I'm a bit... I've said this before, good company in the car. I'm a big dude. I'm like 5'10", 5'11". I weigh way too much. I'm really wide. I'm really hairy. I look much scarier than I actually (laughs) (laughs) So often when I approach women 
and they are surprised, I scare them. Not because I'm doing anything scary. It's just mere size. Yeah. I'm just a big, I'm a big person. So I go into this bathroom and I use this bathroom and I come out and there's this very proper woman washing her hands. And she turned to me and she smiled and she walked out of the bathroom. I was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was uncomfortable. And it was because of my concern for other people's, I guess, feelings. Yeah. but Because you know, I don't want to freak I, somebody else out when I come out of a... It's not your responsibility if the only bathroom there is, uh, you know, a unisex. And, and you know, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, but you're not in the wrong. You know, you're right, doing right. it wrong. You know, yeah, because I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's no... The privacy is covered. There right. is no way a man and a woman yeah, in s- stalls next to each other. Can You can't even hear each other, yeah. let alone anything. But it's very bothersome. It's very bothersome. I don't it, like it, it either. It bothers me very much. <laughs> and I know t- they did it for space. Yeah, they blah, have blah, blah. to do it, yeah. You know, yeah. And like I said, it's got a glass front door. Uh-huh. So no shenanigans can go on inside the bathroom because I guess if it was being monitored, it's just very bizarre to me. That's all. I'm very uncomfortable. Okay. I'm very uncomfortable with that. Because remember back in the day in that TV show, Allie Beal, and they had the unisex bathrooms, but it was just regular bathroom stalls. And so there was room under and over. And I'm like, I would never be able to do that. Yeah. I would never be able to do that. Very disturbing for me. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Moving um on. I told you for the first time in years, I rewatched the movie The Firm with Tom Cruise. Good movie. A great movie. It came out in 1993. And I remember one of the things, I read an article years later about it. One of the things that test audiences loved about that movie was there's a bunch of scenes where Tom Cruise is running. He's being chased. <laughs> That's all he ever does. That was the most exciting. The, the, the test audiences are like, <laughs> they like to see Tom Cruise running. Since The Firm, every movie Tom Cruise is in, almost without exception, has a, a foot sequence in it, a chase sequence. <laughs> Top Gun didn't. It had that stupid volleyball <laughs> game, but there was no running in Top Gun. They didn't realize this until the early 90s. Now, every Tom Cruise movie has running running at some point, He's and he's usually in a suit. So it was set in Memphis. The, the firm was set in right. Memphis, and that's where today's crime took place. Oh, look, he is proud of himself. Look at you with your bright little face over there. I had to lift my head up to look over the stuff to see it. I sound proving. Thank you. And without further ado. Without further ado. So this again is Interrogation Raw. He loves Interrogation Raw. Season two. Season two. Episode three. Episode three. Until murder do us part. Until murder do us part. And before you get started, Mm -hmm. just leave. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just leave. Just leave. Just leave. Throw them out. Split your shit up. Get out. uh, Everything's taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. I I learned that. Uh, that that we do learn that Roberta was seventy. So we're in Hartville, Ohio, which is near Akron. You know, you knew it without I, even having to look it up. Well, no, I I did have to look it up because I'm like that sounds really really familiar, yeah. and then I realized it's a suburb of Akron. So yes, and you don't like Ohio because you're from West Virginia. Exactly. It's Tuesday, January 9th, twenty eighteen. It's four p.m. in the afternoon, and this is Sergeant Rob Wittensoldner. He was doing some police paperwork at the station 
When a man comes in and says he hasn't heard from his sister in nine days. I was at the station and uh, I was doing some paperwork and uh, a gentleman walked in and he was requesting a supervisor. Brian Heisler said that his main concern was where his sister was. And I tell you what, Sergeant Rob, he had he's being interviewed and he's got his Big full dude. streak gear on. Big it's dude. terrifying. Big but I mean, dude. he's got three or four weapons. He's he looks all like black. a tank. He looks like a stormtrooper. <laughs> I, I'm I'm like whatever you say, Sergeant Rob. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stand it back. Yes, sir. Come on in, sir. Because. Okay, because the when we get to the video, the mm-hmm. very first thing the guy did in the video, I was like, oh. Yeah, 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 he's guilty. Yeah. So the man was named Brian Heisler, and he said he's not heard from his sister, Roberta Snyder, and he wants a welfare check. He said his brother-in-law claims she died when they were on a trip to Memphis. This is prosecutor Dennis Barr. Brian said a day or two earlier he'd gotten a phone call from Phil and said that Roberta had passed away in Memphis, Tennessee, about 750 miles from Hartville, Ohio. Philip told him that Roberta had passed away in the vehicle, and two EMS personnel took her body and said that they were going to take her to the coroner's office. And then Philip left and came home without Roberta's body, so Brian was definitely very upset and just wondering what happened. So right off the bat, that didn't make any sense. He just left her down there and came home. <laughs> so three hours after Roberta's brother makes a statement to police, Sergeant Rob heads over to Phil Snyder's home, and he's going to interview him at his house, so maybe he'll be a little more comfortable and he might get something out of him. Anyway, here he is answering the door, and he looks super nervous from the get. Our decision was to interview him at his home so he would feel more comfortable. My goal was to get him to open up and explain what happened to his wife. So um, I wanted to act like I didn't know that she was missing. Are you Phil? Yeah. Do you mind if I step in for a second? Sure, good morning. How you doing? Doing good. Good. Yeah, we had some calls from family members, and they just wanted us to come out and check and make sure you're okay on you and your wife. You guys okay? I'm okay, yes. Okay. My wife passed away. Okay, when did that happen? The 6th. The 6th of January? Yeah. We went down to Memphis to see Elvis's down there, and she choked on on her phlegm. She kept, she'd been choking for quite a a year. Okay. And and she wanted to go down one more time before she died. She thought, I think she knew she was going to die. Okay. What, so this happened down in Memphis yeah, then? Yeah. So she was choking on her phlegm and there was an ambulance or? Well, these guys were there and they was checking on someone and they didn't need any help. And I said, can you help me? My wife is having a very bad problem. And they said, they told, said she was gone. Okay. She had passed away. Where did they transport her to? I'm not sure where. During that interview, there was an uneasy feeling because I know if that was me, I would definitely not be home when my wife's body is somewhere else. So that was just word salad. Did you? He's like, and then there was, was there an ER there? Well, they were there and then they looked well, at her and they said, she's good. Did you? Well, see, the, we were watching okay, and laughing. This, well, I, you know, there's, to me, it's just so, it's just so ridiculous. These people that I think fucking they're hate smarter. They think they're smarter. Hate him. So, 
the video, the the officer's body video, mm-hmm. the house is dark. Mm-hmm. So when he approaches the door, the house is dark. He knocks on the door, and all the, the the front the lights on the front of the house come on, and the dude answers the door. The house is kind of you know you see it. It's, it's kind a good of shape. Neat. It's nice and neat. You mm-hmm. know whatever, and. He comes in and he he invites, he lets the cop in the house. That just seems so wrong to me. I know, that that seemed normal to me, but we just heard the interview and people, when when he says, we just want to make sure you two are okay, and he says, I'm I'm okay. And then when he says, my wife died, he puts his hand up on the wall and leans into it like he's he's feeling uncomfortable. And and then there's that nonsense about the ER guy said, I could just leave her down there and come home. And they took her to a place where they cremate bodies. And he's, it's just, it's just nonsense. And he he garbles. I'm trying to, so, I don't know of anybody who's died on a trip, like, you know, any kind of a trip. So I don't know anything, but you, I could, in a weird way, I could possibly understand the confusion considering it's not been, it's only been like a week. So for the guy to say, oh yeah, my wife died in this other town and I don't know the town, so I don't know. Well, no, this what he said was, now it's January 9th, he says she died on January 6th, she's been choking on phlegm. Right, because she had cancer. So then she, she, she knew she was going to die and the EMTs appear out of nowhere, they vaguely say she's dead, you can leave, we'll take care of her, we'll take her to the crematorium. Sergeant Rob knows bullshit when he hears it, so he presses him for some more information and this is what we get. So where's your wife now? What happened to her? They took her to a place where they cremate people. Okay, and you don't know where that is either? No. They, they said I could, I didn't need to stay. I could, if I wanted to, I could just go ahead and go home. So if Phil thinks, this asshole Phil, thinks that this harebrained explanation of what happened to his wife is going to stick, he's out of his fucking mind. So the next day, they enter Roberta Snyder into their database as missing and presumed dead. This is when they showed the skyline of Memphis, and I was just like, I can see Tom Cruise running around in there. <laughs> and, and it just took me right back. It's such a good movie. <laughs> Poor good Avery. Movie. Uh, I was a big fan of the guy who played Avery to that actor, um, drawn a blank. So diligent Sergeant Rob calls down to Memphis, down to hospitals, to crematoriums, and nobody has any record of Roberta. It may, there's no trace of her anywhere in Memphis. I contacted the coroner, contacted uh, multiple EMS agencies, multiple hospitals in the general area, and there was nothing matching that name or description of Roberta. I thought the plot was thickening, and it was definitely getting weirder by the second. At this point, I believe there might be some foul play involved. So the case has kind of gone cold. They don't have a body, and it's now March 2018, and the Hartfield Police Department is having trouble getting this case to stick. It's been all over the local news. Police department is hiring, so then this is when we meet the hero of the episode. The police chief decides to hire investigator Joan Bauer, and she asked to have a crack at this case, which is languishing due to the lack of a body. I was interviewing a couple people for positions in my police department, and Joan Bauer is a rock star police officer, and uh, we hired her. I talked to the chief about this case because it was all over the news. I asked him, hey, can I take a crack at this? You know, undercover, that is my background. The chief was like, yeah, let's give it a crack. They showed me a picture of him. 
but I did not read any police reports so I could develop the undercover person that I needed to be without being biased. I started doing surveillance and he made it pretty easy for me to get a pattern very quickly. So hooray, we're going undercover right, and this and is I really love good. That she said that. Well, my history is in undercover work. So I'm like, oh, she's going to nail it. And That's, she does yeah, too. Isn't she yeah, great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she starts surveilling him and she said, I pretty much immediately established a very predictable pattern with him. And what it is, he spends the entire goddamn day in a booth at Burger King. <laughs> well, He's that no. guy. <laughs> Now, that's not something to hold against him. Old retired people have a tendency to do that. Like, you know, they hang out in, in the, oh, I, I just, in, uh, in the restaurant. I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I do. I just he hate is a, him. He is a bad dude, but not all old people who hang out in restaurants. They, they, you, I told you, I said in, in Vienna at the end of the street the, at the Hardee's, they used to, every morning, there was, yeah. there's like 15 guys sitting I, down there it, drinking it, coffee and eating biscuits I, in the morning every day. So he's just so unlikable. I wish every bad thing to happen to well, him. Well, it does. It escalates pretty quickly. <laughs> Joe Joan is telling him that she has an ailing older mother, and so Schneider, out of the middle of nowhere, tells her, "You got, you need to kill her, and I'll, this is how you do it, and I'll help you." Oof. So, oof, th that's a bad look. It's from zero to a hundred. On Waterloo Road. Are you going to go to the wire right now? Yeah, yeah. I got the she does, but she doesn't use it. He believed I was just liking him for who he was. And then it started with his wanting to help me take care of my mother. He told me how I should kill her. And then if I did, to call him and he would come help me. So now we hear Joan pressing him for more details about him and more importantly, his recently deceased wife. And he pretty much openly admits that he killed her. He chuckles and he's like, yeah, well, actually I did. I want to know what drove you. I want to know what drives Bill. I have had enough. And Were you fighting or it was just like... It was, it was a pretty good argument the night before. Yeah. But I didn't kill her. I... Actually, I kind of did. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I kind of did. Yeah. The video recorder died, like, right at that time, but I did have the backup audio device going. It was very eerie, and you could almost, like, see it peel off of him, the stress of just carrying it all this time well it was said that she i think i don't know if it was in the videos or not but she basically said you know you're you're talking big you're not telling me anything i want to know yeah. what you did but she but he says you know yeah i actually kind of did do it and he talks about an mm -hmm. argument they had right but but she to get the information out of him she said i'm not going to talk to you anymore because I, I think you're blowing smoke on my ass so to speak mm -hmm. what did you really do because you know he's talking i'll help you kill your mom and she's like bullshit you didn't kill anybody kind of a thing right because she was him. younger in comparison to him yes and i think he had a shine on her yep this next part if i thought i couldn't hate this piece of shit anymore <laughs> here he is telling joan Telling her what he wants her to do. If the police ever take him into custody, he starts dictating to her what she needs to do for him. The hubris, the entitlement of what he says, it, it annoys the shit out of me. Save, I get ill. Yes. 
or they take me to jail. They're not taking me to jail. Say they do. Okay. I want you to get your attorney mm -hmm. to come and marry us. Okay. Okay. Yes. Oh, so you could tell me anything, and then they can't make a spouse testify against mm. a spouse. Duh. Would be a marriage of convenience. I have a good attorney down since then. So when she said, oh, yeah, if I'm your wife, they can't ask you about any questions. I have immunity. But Duh. He was when he says, he, duh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking... Mm. <laughs> but he was thinking there's nothing... His, okay. From his perspective, he had, I'm doing air quotes, gotten away yeah. with killing his wife. He thought he did. So he was saying that if... For they, some reason, they kill the mother, mm -hmm. and he gets arrested for it. This was how it would save them both. They could say we're spouses, and you. Can't. I thought they were. He was talking in reference no, to his. He was talking no. about if he killed the mom of Joan. Yes. Holy shit! Because he was he was uh, organ. The way I understood it, he was. They were orchestrating the murder of Joan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that piece of shit. <laughs> The next part is pretty satisfying because he's at the Burger King and it's 5.20 p.m. in March. I think it's on the same day that he's admitted to killing her. Oh, well, no. I wasn't paying attention to the dates on the, yeah. the video. Anyway, the cops barge into the Burger King and they handcuff him right in front of everybody. And he just keeps saying, you've got to be kidding. And he just can't believe it. It's fantastic. Anyway, here it is. <laughs> You're kidding. We entered the restaurant and he was in disbelief that we had a warrant for him. Right up until he got his handcuffs put on. He thought for sure he had uh, he had fooled us. So now we jump ahead to August 27th, 2018, and we see his mugshot, and uh, the hearing is in August, seven months seven months after Roberta was reported missing. Phil Snyder pleads guilty to aggravated murder, gross abuse of a corpse, and tampering with evidence as part of his deal. He also agrees to show the investigators what he did with the body, and he only gets 20 years. Now, he's in his 70s, so that is, in effect, a yeah. life sentence. But I don't understand that. Listen, this one moved a lot faster than a lot of these things we've done. True, that's a very good point. It wasn't even a year. You're right. It wasn't even a year. He took him to Bullet, Kentucky, and showed him a dumpster that he claimed to have put Roberta's body in. We tracked down where the landfill was, and we went out there, and uh, we watched a 200,000-pound bulldozer leveling everything. It compresses everything. So she's somewhere in that 500-by-500-foot 500 grid out there, anywhere up to 25 feet below the surface. But we just didn't have $15 million that would allow us to bring her back for proper burial. We thought we could come up with more for the family, but that was the end of the line. That was very sad. So, yeah, they would have needed $15 million to dig through that landfill. Now, I would have thought, and, and, now, of course, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I would have thought if they had a cadaver dog, that a cadaver dog Well, they would said have, it could have been up to 25 feet deep, and, and uh, it had been months. I don't... Well, just a quick run with the dog. I, I'm the assuming they maybe did, and they got no hits. I yeah, I have no clue how that works. But. Right. Because that's another rabbit hole I've gone down, watching the trained dogs find shit. Those guys that's are great. Story. 
Dogs are great. Yes, they Let's are. just say that right now. I know. So it was very My uns- dog's useless. Very All uns- he does is sleep and eat. <laughs> very unsatisfactory ending. We'd said a prayer for her, and, and we left. It's not a happy ending for anybody, but there's bad people in the world, and we need intuitive cops to, to conduct these interviews and to be flexible with, with how they deal with people to bring justice to a case, justice to a family. So that, dear listeners, is the sad tale of Roberta Snyder, and I can only imagine being married to that Phil guy, what it must have been like. Well, it's, you know, awful. and of course, just what I said, though, you know, like I said, just leave. Yeah. I, I mean, I understand you've been married, your, mo- your money at that point in time, your lives are completely entangled money. Yeah, 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 blah, yeah. Blah, 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 It's blah. not that easy. You're going but... to jail for the rest of your life when yeah. you could have just left. Yep. You could have just left. left and whatever that would have been would have been better. but you know i i think he probably wanted to kill her you know he, he, he uh, you, anything outside of what we saw and we're, there's no there was in 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 the research there's no mention of money no so i don't think it was money i, think I don't think it was, it was. just i think he, he was, was sick just, of her oh good lord how did he kill her he killed uh, Snyder confessed to killing his wife by bashing her skull with a two-pound hammer. He then deposed, disposed of her body in that dumpster, murder weapon, and other blood-spattered pieces on his way to Graceland. Oh wow! Oh, so, so he, he continued on to Graceland. He killed her in the house. Oh, and then he took, took her down, wrapped her up, and got rid of her on the way down. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Um, uh, and then there was something weird. Oh, back to back to the undercover cop with the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snyder suggested to, that he could marry that Missy and collect her mother's pension after she died. Now I don't understand what the pension has to do with that, but so so what would Snyder would marry Joan's mom? No, no, no. Snyder would marry Joan Missy. Uh huh. That's Joan's character. Yes, and, uh, and then therefore they could collect the mother's pension after she died. Huh. I wonder how that works. I they thought- could continue their relationships, their relationship, unless he told the truth about his wife's death. And that's how she got him to confess. Right. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's smart. She saved yeah, the day. Well, she's an undercover officer. That's I'm a fan. So one of the stories that Snyder told them was that uh, when he was confronted by the police was that, and he actually changed his story a, a couple of times. Oh, I'm shocked. Was that she died in the car between Columbus and Cincinnati. Of phlegm? Of, of, of toxic of phlegm? to death. She supposedly had cancer. And uh, he wrapped her body and threw her uh, off a bridge uh, on Interstate 40 into the Tennessee River. Now, if she legitimately had cancer, yeah, and she legitimately had these health problems, yeah, why go to these extremes? I mean, I, I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas, but if she's really this sick and she's really got all these problems, uh-huh. he could have just put a pillow over her head in her sleep and they would not have looked into the death. I uh, yeah, I yeah. Just for him to just go and get rid of her, See, me, this like, is she's one just of those, gone. This is one of those things that when I t- when I took good company in the car, like uh, you know, when these people have these crimes and they look at their search histories, this is the kind of stuff that I'm just. Well, uh, Mr. Evans said in a video <laughs> on a podcast right here. But you, well, you, he was really sick, so we're just going to put a pillow over his you, face because they don't look into that stuff. You make a good point though, because. The, doing that and just like trying to like for lack of a better word euthanize her at home and then right. say she died in her sleep versus we went to we went to Memphis she died on the way and I just left her there I have no idea right. where she is that makes much that less makes, sense 
minutes. Well, yeah, but again, I'm glad he's an idiot. We don't know the actual truth about her health. We don't actually know any of that because yeah. it's everything that he told people. Yeah, it's not actual evidence. It's not actual information. It's she had cancer. She had this. She had that. The brother, like the brother, called to check it. Oh, yes, yeah, she died. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. So just, just just out of curiosity, this is really funny. So imagine if I was married or whatever, and my sister calls and says, "Hey, I haven't talked to JJ in a while. Oh, he died. You don't think my sister? <laughs> she would be at the front door by she the time you hung up the phone. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah, who's like, who's at the door? How did you get here that fast? <laughs> <laughs> so it is very interesting how stupid people become yeah. when they think that they're going to get away he with thought it. He, yeah. he did. Smug, that yeah, smug yeah, look yeah, on yeah. his face. I fucking hated him. Well, rotten uh, hell, Snyder. So and, he was, uh, he's still alive. Okay. He is uh, incarcerated. Be. He serves his sentence at the Richfield Correctional Facility in Ohio. There was a documentary made about the situation called Philip, When Philip Met Missy. It is a true crime special that tells the story of Philip Snyder and how the uh, police got a confession Undercover. out of it. Right. Well, I, that would probably be worth watching. That's um, well, it is, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much. Don't like, forget to like and subscribe and you tell can. your friends about it too. <laughs> Thanks. Or more of it.